Hi there. We have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying the DLC Live podcast and you're listening on a platform that lets you leave a rating or a review, leave us a five-star rating. Maybe take a minute to write a quick review. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to DLC Live, your source for educational and inspirational interviews with mental health experts and advocates from around the world. Now, here's your host, creator of the DLC Anxiety Worldwide Mental Health Community, Dean Stott. Hey everyone, come in, welcome into the live. Apologies, I think uh, Dr. Raymond was waiting for us before. So yeah, today's a really, really important topic. We're talking about Simone Biles, her decision to put her mental health first. Uh, we know that she's pulled out of the Olympics to focus on her mental health, which is fantastic, isn't it? So we're going to be speaking to Dr. Raymond who is obviously world-renowned in the studies of the brain, and we're going to be looking at how fame, how pressure can affect the brain. Uh, and it'll be, yeah, it'll be a really interesting chat with a extremely knowledgeable person. So, guys, if you fancy hanging around, stay in, and we'll get into it now. Hi, Dr. Eamon. Apologies for the technical difficulties, uh, but you're here now. Oh, no worries. Are you okay, yeah? Great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. Um, I hope, send your love um, to your wife and to the whole team at Eamon Clinics. Hope you're all doing well. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, it's amazing seeing everything that you do. And I'm always in on um, seeing, seeing as much as your lives uh, as I can, which is fantastic. Well, thank you so much. It's just such a crazy time. Mm. Uh, and people need more help than ever which is why I'm grateful to you and uh, all the support you give to people who follow you. No, I really appreciate that, Dr. Eamon. I thought it was really important to have a discussion around, obviously, one of the, um, probably one of the most famous uh, Olympians that America has at the moment, yeah. And her decision. Yeah, one of the most famous in history. Um yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking mm. that uh, it, it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it normalizes that anybody, anybody who has too much stress can decompensate. Mm. And despite the wild level of stress she's under, she still came out and rooted for her teammates. And I think that goes to her character. And, you know, I often talk about how fame has side effects. Yeah. That I've been blessed. The, you know, the Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber and a whole host of other really well-known people um, I've gotten to help and I've just clearly seen fame wears out the pleasure centers in your brain. So she's not just an athlete no. that she's a media star and a business person. And, you know, people often don't get that gymnasts have a very high, um, experience with traumatic brain injuries and when you saw the first vault that she did um 
that's extremely dangerous. Oh yeah. And if your head's not right, you can damage your brain. And so I think, you have know, you had gymnasts have... into the clinics personally? Have you seen any gymnastic injuries? Many. Oh, you have. It's it's actually one of the most dangerous sports for okay. children, because when you watch what they do, either on the vault or on the rings, it's like, well, how do you learn to do this? Yeah. And it's often you learn by making mistakes. Mm-hmm. And those mistakes, people don't understand your brain is soft about the consistency of soft butter, tofu, custard, somewhere between egg whites and jello. And your skull is really hard and your skull has sharp, bony ridges. And when you damage the brain, people get depressed. They get anxious. They don't perform quite as well as they did before. And we now have a database of about 187,000 scans. And if you go, hey, Daniel, what's the single most important lesson from this large number of brain scans? It's mild traumatic brain injury ruins people's lives. And nobody knows about it because nobody looks at the brain. and anxiety disorders are one of the most common outcomes from concussions okay yeah it's obviously is it just really hits home when you said that nobody nobody's looking at it obviously you have this this massive database uh, but is it just yourself who's alone in the field uh um, who's looking at the brain to do with mental illness, or are you seeing some emerging people starting to look into it? Well, uh, Tan and I just finished the 30-day happiness challenge, and one of our exercises we did in the challenge is write down the 20 happiest moments of your life. And right in the middle of the challenge, one of mine happened the Canadian Association of Nuclear Medicine, a prestigious scientific body that sort of oversees the brain imaging study we do at Amon Clinics, came out with brand new procedure guidelines as if I wrote them. (laughs) It was so exciting. So I think quickly that many more people are going to do the imaging work we do. And I've been doing it for 30 years and going, come on, how do you know unless you look? What other medical specialists guess at what's wrong with the organ they're treating? And, you know, we really... The organ is the brain. And... When your brain works right, you work right. And when your brain is troubled, you don't. But the idea that you can make a diagnosis based on symptom clusters with no biological data, that's insane, right? I mean, I'm a psychiatrist. I know how to diagnose insanity. And there's a level of hubris with that that's just not helpful. No. Because how do you know if the brain's working too hard or not hard enough? Um, how do you know if it's been hurt or it's toxic um, if you don't look? 
No, definitely. And just obviously going back to, to the imaging, obviously, that you've got a catalogue of now. Um, if we're speaking about fame specifically, what does that look like on a spec scan? Um, what are the telltale signs of, of pressure and fame and celebrity? Um, it, it, would that brain have a, have a certain look? What we see is their pleasure centers. It's an area of the brain called the nucleus accumbens. It responds to dopamine. It is sleepy, that it's low in activity. And fame wears out the pleasure centers in the brain. So when you're first famous, it's so exciting. Oh. And you get so much reward and pleasure out of that. So think of her first Olympics and her first gold medals. And it's like, I can do this. And that just makes me feel so good. And we can't forget, Simone Biles came out publicly saying that she has ADD. Oh. And what is ADD typically in the brain? It's lower frontal lobe activity, but also lower basal ganglia and nucleus accumbens activity. Uh, and so she's already starting with a vulnerability. Um, and I didn't say that. She said that. Um, and whenever something great happens, it produces a little bit of dopamine and your nucleus accumbens feels happy about that. It feels reward. Mm. But if you push on that area too much or too often, so think cocaine, cocaine pushes on that area makes you feel awesome for a bit. Oh. And then the repeated exposure to cocaine or fame, or it can be any other drugs or gambling or sex or shopping or um, high sugary fat foods, they all push on the nucleus accumbens. Well, pretty soon it begins to wear it out and then you need more and more to feel anything at all. So does, and that, does that actually mean that too much pleasure can actually have a negative impact on the brain? Though? It can. Yeah. And you have to be careful that pleasure can actually be the enemy of happiness if you're not careful. So in my new book, Your Brain is Always Listening, I talk about drip dopamine, don't dump it. Mm. And because, you know, dripping it, um, telling my wife I love her, having eye contact, holding her hand. Um, last night I got to hold two of my grandchildren. Oh, um, that's dripping it. And you want a lot of, you know, sort of like a drip system to keep your plants healthy. Um, you, you have to sort of nourish your brain. But when you're dumping dopamine, when you're at the Olympics, when you're jumping out of an airplane, when you eat this very tasty but terrible food, when you're using drugs, alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, um, it sort of deadens that over time. Michael Phelps produced this documentary for HBO called The Weight of Gold. And, you know, clearly one of the most decorated athletes in history but talked about his own depression. Um, I've seen um, 300 NFL players. Uh, we did the big NFL study, four times the level of depression 
is the general population. And you have to ask yourself why. And I wrote a post recently about competition. And I learned this early in my life. Never strive to be the best. Because when you strive to be the best, that automatically means you have to beat other people and you have to put other people down. That is not a prescription for happiness. It's a prescription for loneliness. Strive to be your best and in the process, bring other people along with you because you don't have to dominate another person or another team. You just have to go inside to be your best and our mindset really matters right the brain matters uh but also how we think in this situation matters are we doing things to bring us closer to other people or are we doing things to push other people away because i have to dominate them yeah and i think we we probably need to change the narrative then don't we in all sports because i think uh speaking like um from doing individual sport especially is that you're always striving to be the best aren't you um so yeah that's re- that's really interesting the negative impact and how how loneliness can creep in um with that just re- going back to the athletes um do you believe do you feel that they're getting the support that they need um with this added pressure is there enough support for them for their mental health and if there isn't um, what do you think can be put in place to help them um no i don't think there is enough support and i think we have to change the narrative from mental illness to brain health mm-hmm. so i think making sure they sleep properly that, um, you know, I just remember um, when I started seeing Justin Bieber and such a sweet, talented kid, but everything on tour they did was wrong for him. You know, he stayed up, he's performing late at night and then he couldn't go to sleep because his dopamine and he was wired and his sleep was terrible they had him traveling at an insane pace they gave him video games terrible food ultimately lots of drugs and lots of women and it's like you're just ruining the golden goose for yourself and the teaching him how to love his brain he came into my office once and he said my brain is an organ like my heart is an organ you told me I had hard problems, I'd do everything you said. He said, now I'm going to start doing everything you say. It's brain health. Are we doing brain healthy things for them? So my big worry about the increased discussion about mental health, it, it reminds me of um, the massacre at Sandy Hook. I don't know if you remember that Adam Lanza went into this elementary school and shot all those i mean horrible and president obama came out and said we need more money for mental health well all the school shooters had seen mental health providers including adam lanza was on medication it's like more of the same is going to get us more of what we have so i'm really 
interested in changing the discussion. I wrote a book, which I think you interviewed me for, The End of Mental Illness. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's really move this discussion from mental illness, mental health to brain health. Um, and I think we'll just do better. Uh, we'll be more effective is how can we keep the brains of these athletes as healthy as possible? Now, of course, that also includes their minds. Yeah, that, yeah that's really hits home. And obviously, um, the athletes themselves, um, you see that they're focusing more on the self-care. Is there any specific self-care practices that they can put in place when they're in this high-pressured situation? Yes, I think um, the ones that are successful, they make sleep a priority. Mm. They stay away from toxic substances like alcohol and marijuana. They um, nourish their brain. So they really eat for not only their physical health, but their brain health. And they have daily practices. I start every day with today is going to be a great day. I finish every day with what went well today. Um, and when I feel sad or mad or nervous or out of control, I write down what I think. I kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts that steal your happiness. So you see there are strategies to optimize the physical functioning of your brain. And you got to do them over and over and over again, just like if you're going to have a healthy body um, that takes repetitive practice and then healthy habits for your mind and also for your relationships. Um, there are just so many good things to do. And people go, oh, that's hard. It's like, no, being sick is hard. Okay. None of this is hard. It just takes a new way of living, a new way of thinking. Do you think athletes, especially when they're obviously focusing um, on huge events like the Olympics, do you think they should take um, a step back from things like social media that we know um, is glued to our hands every day? Or do you think that they can incorporate that into um, the preparations for the competition? Um, I don't think they should be looking at social media. It's a prescription for disaster. This is where, and now they all have social media and they make money off of it. Yeah. They should have social media teams doing it. Like you and I both have social media, but I let my team deal with most of it because I don't need the constant negativity. I mean, you know, both you and I get a lot of love from our communities, but there's also the haters that show up. And what goes into your brain often comes out through your feelings. And uh, I think we have to be careful. If you just watch the social dilemma, uh, was a documentary recently. What we're being fed is not necessarily the truth. What we're being fed is something to make us pay attention, which is often negativity. What did you think of that documentary? I liked it a lot, yeah. and I was so horrified. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, definitely. And could you could you see yourself uh, falling into a, any of them habits? 
Well, when I first became well-known, it was disorienting for me. So I'd written a best-selling book, and I'd written a column in the local newspaper for me. But in 2008, I, pub- I did my first national public television special. It was a monster success. Everywhere I went, people recognized me. I went to Turkey and got off the plane, and people recognized <laughs> me. And, and it was really cool. But then I became more self-conscious, and, and you get into this trap. Of, well, what if they don't recognize you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it just, you could just feel the dopamine withdrawal yeah. at, at times. And then you begin to chase success. It's like, well, I don't have a number one New York Times bestseller and I got that. And then it's like, well, now I need another one. And then I'm like, you need to stop this and i'm just so grateful my patients have taught me so much of how to be humble how to just be in it i don't have to be the best i just have to be my best today right you know do i have to be the best psychiatrist in the world no i just have to be the best i can be and you know the gold medal really is in helping people day in and day out no, that, that's really interesting. And like you said, um, people, so athletes who are chasing the gold medal, you've got celebrities who are chasing the fame. Um, that sort of behavior, like you said, is going to, is going to trip them up. It's, it's going to lead to, to mental health, um, issues in some cases. Um, is it possible to be a celebrity and, and not have, anxiety and mental health uh, issues if you're in the limelight how how can you keep on top of it um especially if you're trying to chase that celebrity status or do you just think it's not possible i think you have to be careful celebrity and fame have side effects Mm. and if you know about it then you can do what you love miley cyrus for example loves creating music and she loves having influence. Um, she just, and she also loves learning. Mm. And, you know, I've just been so proud of her. Uh, I, I think it's possible with thought, as long as you're not chasing fame, because that's empty. Right. If you're being the best musician, if you're being the best actress, if you're being the best writer, if you're being the best business person, having meaning and purpose brings happiness. Needing to be loved by other people brings unhappiness because then your mood is dependent on someone else's brain. And when you have millions of followers, that means you have millions of bad brains. So you have to be super careful um i have a rule called the 184060 rule that says when you're 18 you worry about what everybody's thinking of you and when you're 40 you don't give a damn what anybody thinks about you and when you're 60 you realize nobody has been thinking about you at all <laughs> even when you're famous if only you could flip that name. around though if only you could you could have that mindset when you was 18 well and it's just 
learning, right? We mm. just have to teach these brain health, mental health concepts to children. We have a brand new, I think it's going to be up in the next week or two, uh, course for preschoolers through grade one. And oh. I'm so excited about this because this is where it needs to start, where you need to teach little kids. You yeah, don't have to I, believe I everything really, you I really, really advocate for that. So, yeah, I didn't know you were doing that as well. So that's amazing. Um, please, please, please send me the information over when you're launching it because that'll be all over my page. Um, like you said, we need to start as early and early as possible. I will. Thank you for helping me share this message. No, it is wonderful. And just before you go, you mentioned the haters, and I've actually seen some uh, some comments um, from from um, some particular journalists um, going back to the to the situation with Simone, and they're actually saying that uh, the children of today, um, the the young adults of today, they're using mental health as an excuse. And these are leaders, especially in the UK. Well, the irre irrelevant journalists, but journalists who were who are in the media spotlight. Um, how 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 damaging is this to to people's young brains? Would you say um, when we still have this narrative in the media? Well, you know, journalists like everyone else. You know, they're really awesome journalists who are very informative and then there are other journalists that use hatred to get headlines right uh because that's what sells and um it's heartbreaking uh i read a piece in the daily mail from pierce morgan that's the one i'm talking about yeah slammed simone biles and and i read the piece and there's actually some thoughtful things in there but just the headline He's doing it to get clicks. Mm -hmm. And um, he interviewed me a number of years ago when I did the Daniel plan with Pastor Rick Warren. And I'm like, he just thinks way too highly of himself. Yeah. It's just horrifying uh, to me. It, it's hurtful. But, you know, make no mistake. Journalists, they put their headlines based on clicks and negativity gets more headlines that's why you need to limit your news intake if you want to be a happy person yeah so your advice how often would you say that you can have a glimpse of the news once a day once a week once a month no i think five ten minutes a day is a good idea but find a source uh like bbc is actually one of my favorite sources uh, news that it's not slanted one way or the other and they don't use headlines to hook you. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's a really important message. I think that's a, a really nice place to leave it there. Um, thank you for coming on, Dr. Eamon. Like I said, please send me the information about the, the education uh, course that's, when is the, when's that coming live? Did you say? Um, the next week or so. Okay, well, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Thank you for speaking about this really important topic. And, yeah, just continue doing what you're doing. I look up to you. You're definitely an idol of mine. And, uh, yeah, I just love everything that you're doing uh, and continue to do for years upon years uh, in this community. Wow, well, thank you so much. It's such a joy to see you again. And 
I'm grateful for all you do, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Raymond. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take Bye, care. everybody. You've been listening to DLC Live. Be sure to follow Dean on Instagram at DLC Anxiety. Check our website at dlcanxiety.com and grab yourself a copy of our latest book, Untangle Your Anxiety, on Amazon today. See you next time.